We are doing a sermon series we're calling Suit Up, and it's about the full armor of God, putting on the full armor of God and being able to take our stand in the midst of the devil's schemes, because the fact of the matter is you are involved in the spiritual battle if you know it or not, and you have to fight in the spiritual battle if you want to or not. It comes to you, and it's happening whether or not you're aware of it, so we need to be prepared. And the good news is that through what God has provided for us, we can have armor. We have access to the tools we need to be able to succeed in the spiritual battle, to be able to fight the spiritual battle and win. So we need to be able to do that and grab hold of that. Let's read our text for this series, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. So let's go ahead and do that. So it says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. What a timely sermon series that we're going through. You know, for many, many people, the day of evil has come. They're in the midst of the difficulty. And so in order to stand your ground, put on the full armor of God. Last week, we talked about the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace and being ready, being prepared, being ready to make a difference for the kingdom of God, being ready to serve the Lord, being ready to pray, being ready to engage rather than not being ready, not being prepared because we don't have that, the gospel deep in our hearts. This week, we're going to talk about the shield of faith, and we'll probably be talking about the shield of faith for a few weeks because this is an important, important topic, especially in these times, learning how to hold up the shield of faith. So let's read that Ephesians 6, verse 16. Again, this is our specific text for today. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. What an amazing promise Ephesians 6.16 is, that we have access to a shield of faith, which we can hold up and extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. So anybody have some flaming arrows coming at you? You're, you've got these worries and difficulties and these circumstances and these issues and, and the flaming arrows. The, the promise here is that the shield of faith will extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. This is such an important part of the spiritual battle to be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Again, we don't get to pick whether or not the flaming arrows of the evil one are coming at us. They're coming. 
We just have access to the shield of faith that we can hold it up and extinguish those flaming arrows. What an incredible, wonderful promise. Now, it's the shield of faith. The shield of faith. So let's talk about faith. Faith in God can do many different things. Faith brings salvation to us personally. Faith brings the forgiveness of God and everlasting life. Let's look at a few scriptures talking about salvation. First, let's go to Luke chapter 7, verse 48 through 50. And this will show us something Jesus had to say about this. Luke 7, 48 through 50 says this. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So Jesus says to this woman, your faith has saved you. And we see the context is forgiveness of sins. She has received forgiveness of sins by faith, through faith. So let's keep looking at this because we need to understand what God's part is and what our part is. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 and read verses 8 and 9. So Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So here we see in Ephesians 8, we have that we are saved by grace through faith. So faith is the thing that accesses the grace of God. So we know that God's grace is there for us. The forgiveness of God offered through Christ's death on the cross is there for us. And Jesus died on the cross for everyone, for you, for your neighbors, you know, everybody. Jesus died on the cross for all, but only those who put their faith in what Christ has done have access to that grace of God. So we see that in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. And this point is made very strong in Romans chapter 5. Verses 1 and 2. So let's look at Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So we have access by faith into this grace, into the grace of God. So Faith is our part. We put our faith in God. We put our trust in God. We put our faith in what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And that then gives us access to the grace of God. God's job is grace and forgiveness. Our job is to have faith in what God has done for us in that grace and forgiveness to receive that by faith. So faith gives us access access to God's grace and God's grace brings salvation. Faith is so important. That's how we get saved in the first place. It's how we get freed from the condemnation of the world. Faith also can move mountains. Let's go to Matthew 17, 19 and 20. Matthew 17, 19 and 20 says this. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? So they're trying to drive a demon out. And if you know the story, it didn't go. And they were having all kinds of problems. There's a bunch of people watching and they're having a a time where they're 
praying for this demon to leave and it just doesn't work. And Jesus comes and straightens it all out. But they're wondering how come this didn't work. Verse 20, he replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be moved from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So look at, that's an amazing thing that faith is able to provide, to be able to do things that seem impossible to us, to have the mountain moved, to have the obstacle in your way removed, to have the difficulty overcome. Faith is able to move mountains. So we see faith bringing salvation. We see faith moving mountains. Faith can also bring healing and other miracles. Matthew chapter 9 Verses 21 and 22, we go back to a situation where Jesus is dealing with someone. And uh, verse 21, she said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. So this is the woman that had a bleeding and she was unable to get free from that. And she's thinking, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Verse 22, Jesus turned and saw her take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. So Jesus says to this woman, your faith has healed you. So the faith she has, again, gave her access to the grace of God, gave her access to the power of God, and then healing came. It's not that she just on her own without the power of God through her own faith received healing, but her faith allowed her access to the power of God, access to the goodness of God, access to the healing of God. And so Jesus says, your faith has healed you. So faith in God can do many, many things. And faith in God is essential for our relationship with God. In our relationship with God, we must walk by faith. Hebrews eleven six is pretty clear on that. It says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. So obviously we must walk in faith. We must have faith in God in order to please God. Let's read the rest of the verse because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So faith in God, according to Hebrews eleven six, is believing in the existence of God and believing that God is good, that God will reward those who seek him. So it's believing God is real and believing that God is good and that we can have a relationship with him where he will help us. So that's faith in God, according to Hebrews eleven six. So without faith, it is impossible to please God. And faith keeps you from withering away in your relationship with God during the hard times. And now we're getting closer to understanding the shield of faith. Faith will help us stay strong in our relationship with God through the difficulties. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 38 and 39. It says this, but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Go back to that verse 38 again. Let me read that one more time. But my righteous one will live by faith and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. So there are those who live by faith 
in the midst of the difficulty that causes other people to shrink back because their faith is weak or they just aren't people of faith. They face the difficulty and they wither. And that is very dangerous. We don't want to be the ones who wither. We want to be the ones who walk by faith in overcoming power, even in the midst of the difficulty. And this is how we need to understand the faith that is the shield of faith that extinguishes the flaming arrows of the evil one. That it isn't that the shield of faith eliminates the flaming arrows of the evil one. The implication, of course, is that the flaming arrows come, they are aimed at you, and they are going to hit you. And instead of making, you know, a contact with your chest, making contact and damaging you, instead they hit the shield and they are extinguished. So the flaming arrows are there. They're coming, they're hitting, the difficulty is there, the trial is there, the hardship is there, the suffering is there, but faith in the midst of it extinguishes the the flame and stops it from doing damage. Let's go back and read Ephesians 6, 16 again. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Those flaming arrows are the hardships, the difficulties, the attacks of the enemy that come at us. But we have the promise that we can extinguish All of those things. And so it's important to understand that the shield of faith here implies the the arrows are coming, implies the arrows are hitting. And so it's in the presence of the flaming arrows that the shield of faith is so powerful. When everything is going great, when everything is wonderful and we don't sense any spiritual attack, we don't sense any trouble, everything is working wonderfully then this shield of faith that extinguishes the flaming arrows doesn't really apply. But in the midst of the difficulty, in midst of the hardship, that's when it's powerful. So again, I ask you, are you dealing with any flaming arrows of the evil one right now? Are you dealing with these troubles, with financial strain, as we prayed about earlier? You know, are you dealing with financial strain, financial insecurity, Unrest in that area, your disrupted routine, you know, things have just changed. Talk to people who, and they want to come to church, but they can't. Uh, But it's a disruption in the routine that can cause loneliness and isolation. You know, some people, they need lots of human contact. They're big extroverts and they're, they're not good at this social distancing thing, you know, maybe dealing with loneliness and isolation. People have health issues, you know, stuff that's from way before this deal with COVID-19. People are dealing with anxiety and depression and so many different things, so many different flaming arrows of the evil one. Some of those things are just the natural difficulties of this life, but some are a direct attack from the enemy. And even if it's just the difficulties of this life, this shield of faith will keep us tight with God, even in the midst of our suffering. So just as we talked about the progression and explaining more deeply what Jesus said in Luke seven to that woman, you know, uh, your faith has saved you. Then we go to Romans five and we saw that faith gave access to the grace of God, which brought salvation. Also, this shield of faith, there are scriptures that kind of flesh it out more and explain it more so that we can understand how this works. So even in the midst of those difficulties, 
God has given us access to the tools that we need to overcome, the tools that we need to extinguish those flaming arrows, those hardships. He has given us access to those things. So we need to put on the shield of faith and extinguish those flaming arrows. Now, the good news is that our God is a redeemer. Our God takes the difficulty, takes the hardship, takes the problem and works it for good in our lives. We need to have faith in a redeemer God. The story of Joseph from Genesis chapter 50. uh, Let's read just verses 19 and 20. You know, Joseph was sold off as a slave by his brothers. They told his father that he was dead. He ends up in prison and all these hardships happen to Joseph. The malignancy, the malice of his brothers caused him incredible harm. But God worked that together for good. So let's go to Genesis chapter 50, read verses 19 and 20. And here's what that says. But Joseph said to them, that is to his brothers, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. So Joseph's brothers intended harm to Joseph. But God was able to turn it for good and bring out good things, the saving of many lives, and even being a blessing, providing food for Joseph's brothers who had been the ones to throw him in the pit and sell him off. So God can turn the bad circumstance into something that is a blessing. And that happens through the shield of faith. Romans 8.28 is just the clear description of this. And again, Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So Romans 8.28 just shows that God is there in the midst of any situation. He will rescue us. He will work things for good in that situation. But we must walk by faith. You know, it says that we know all things work for the good of those who love him in the midst of the difficulty, loving God, staying in that right relationship with him. Then we can trust him. I just want to say quickly that every bad situation isn't God doing it. The flaming arrows are from the evil one. Not the flaming arrows from God trying to teach us a lesson. The flaming arrows are from the evil one. God gives us the shield of faith to extinguish the flaming arrows. So we need to be careful not to attribute to God these flaming arrows. One of the things that I think is important to understand is looking at 1 Thessalonians 5.18 and understanding thankfulness. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I think people can make a mistake with this and give thanks for all circumstances. Jesus didn't give thanks for the wrong teaching of the Pharisees. Jesus didn't give thanks for the money changers ripping people off at the temple. Man, he railed on the Pharisees. He flipped over the money changers tables. But I don't believe that Jesus lost his thankfulness to his father in heaven in the midst of those situations. He saw the evil and the darkness of this world, but he still had a thankful heart. So we need to give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in the midst of the difficulties that you're facing. You don't have to give thanks for COVID-19 but you can give thanks in the midst of this whole situation. 
So we trust in God. We believe that he will work things together for good because he is a redeemer. This is putting your faith in God, lifting up the shield of faith and believing God will bring something good, even in the midst of the difficulty. This is fleshed out in a few different uh, scriptures. We're going to go to James 1 and Romans 5. So James 1 verses 2 through 4 says this. Let's read James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and perseverance uh, must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, diverse trials, when you face all kinds of hardships and difficulties, consider it pure joy. Does that make any sense? Well, How about what verse four promises that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You want to be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Well, the place, the process you go through to get to maturity is through difficulty. It's through trials and it's through perseverance in the midst of trials. And then you get to the place of maturity and being complete, not lacking anything. It's like the training that you go through to uh, get stronger or get better at whatever sport you're you're good at. You know, you want to train and get better. You put yourself through hardship to get better. And that's what this is talking about. Going through the trials of life, but with the midst of it, faith in God, holding up the shield of faith, and then getting to the other side stronger. This is also described in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. And it says this in Romans 5, starting in verse 3. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So here in Romans 5, we see suffering, leading to perseverance, perseverance leading to character, and character leading to hope, and that hope not disappointing us, not putting us to shame, but instead that hope leading us into the deliverance of God, the the goodness of God, and God coming through in the situation. So this is uh, very important. The trials in James 1 leading to perseverance and then into maturity and completeness, not lacking anything. The suffering leading to perseverance and character and hope. And then the, the rescuing from God in Romans chapter 5. This is an incredible picture that we can apply to our situation right now. We're going through a difficulty, but if we stand in faith, then we can let God use it for good in our lives and go into perseverance and character and hope and maturity and completeness and God's uh, hand being shown in the midst of it. So the shield of faith isn't just a faith that moves mountains, but it's a faith that understands the trial that allows us to consider it pure joy. Now, I even have trouble with that. I have to think to myself, okay, we can't have church services 
pure joy, pure joy. You know, come on. Uh, it's a challenge sometimes, but we have to try to get our mind renewed and not be, you know, conformed to the pattern of the world where we panic when everything changes, but rather think, okay, God has a, a plan in this. God is going to redeem this. Let's walk by faith in this. God's going to do something better than he would be able to do if it was just the same normal thing. So we're trusting God for something great to happen. This is how we walk by faith faith. But if we don't walk by faith in the midst of the trials, if we don't walk by faith in the midst of the suffering, something else can happen. Has every human being who's ever lived and gone through trials and suffering come out stronger on the other side? Sometimes people are crushed by their difficulties. Sometimes people are driven into anxiety and depression. Sometimes people have all kinds of issues because of the difficulties they've been through. So if we don't apply the shield of faith, The flaming arrows can actually hit us and harm us. And then instead of the suffering producing perseverance and character and hope and the, this seeing the goodness of God in the end, instead it leads to depression and anxiety and all kinds of issues and people pulling away from God. And it can be very, very dangerous, very, very damaging. We read Hebrews 10 39 earlier, and this is a a great description of it. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. If we hold up the shield of faith, then we can be saved in the midst of the trial. We can get to the place of maturity and completeness. But if instead of holding up the shield of faith, we shrink back, we lose our faith in God. We stop believing that God is good and we are then distanced from God. That puts us in a very dangerous situation that can lead to this as described in Hebrews 10:39, those who shrink back and are destroyed. We don't want that. We don't want that to happen. We must hold up the shield of faith. So do you believe that God can take the evil things that you're dealing with, that you're going through, and turn them around for good in your life? Do you believe that? With regards to your business, with regards to your finances, with regards to your family, with regards to your health, with regards to anything that you're going through, do you believe that God can take that evil thing and turn it for good in your life? That God can use COVID-19 and turn it for something good? Let's take a trivial example of a church service, Good Hope Church. Can God take COVID-19 and all the restrictions, all the things that stop us from being able to do the main thing that we do, which is church services. Can God redeem that and turn that around for something good? Well, this disruption for Good Hope Church and for all churches and for so many businesses and sporting events and all kinds of gatherings, this disruption is something we need to put our faith on and believe God to bring us to a a place of maturity and completeness, a place where we are full of hope and grabbing hold of the good things of God. Without this disruption, this video would not exist. We wouldn't be doing this right now and you wouldn't be watching it. So if God is doing something in your heart right now, then God is redeeming the situation as you listen right now. God is redeeming it. And I'm believing that God can reach more people digitally than we could reach by filling all the seats in the sanctuary. If COVID-19 wasn't happening and you weren't watching this and God wasn't moving in your heart through it, then you wouldn't be able to share it. 
But now you can share that on Facebook. You can share that with any kind of social media and you can help other people watch this same message and grab hold of the hope they have in Christ and the shield of faith that can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one and be able to make progress. So I believe that this disruption for Good Hope Church is something that God can use for good and advance the gospel even more powerfully than if it hadn't happened. So isn't that something? This can happen in so many different ways, so many areas of your life. We need to believe God. So hold up the shield of faith and extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. God will redeem the situation for you. Our closing verse is going to be a little bit off topic, but we've been talking about faith, talking about faith, talking about faith. And I just want to hit 1 Corinthians 13, 13 and end this time. So 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says this, and now these three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. We've been talking about the power of faith, the amazing things that faith does. Faith is so important. But here in the scriptures, it says the greatest of these faith, hope, and love. The greatest of those three is love. And I just want you to know that the love of God is there for you, that Jesus loves you. He cares about you. And that love is powerful. Put your trust in the love of God. Put your faith in the love of God and then return that love to him. Love God back in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the suffering. Love God back. Love him and put your faith in him and then see how those flaming arrows are extinguished. But we need to know that right now, love is the most important thing. That we are to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we are to love others as ourselves. So let's believe in the love of God for us. And let's love each other. Um, That's my final message I've got for you. We're going to take some time now and just close in prayer. I'm going to pray, but also I want you to be able to know that you can send in a prayer request by just sending an email to prayer at goodhope.ag. You can send that in prayer at goodhope.ag and you can have a personal response to your prayer need. So This way too, maybe we can have more prayer than just the prayer teams in the front of the church at the end of services. Maybe more people will have prayer requests that are dealt with and God can turn this difficult thing into something good. So turn in a prayer request and we will pray for you. We will respond to that. But let's pray right now. Let's pray the shield of faith onto ourselves, believing in that. And let's also trust in the love of God. So pray with me if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you don't leave us here to just deal with the flaming arrows and to absorb the blows of the enemy. But Lord, you do give us a shield of faith. Father, for the one who is in the midst of anxiety and fear through this whole situation, Lord, I pray that their eyes would turn from fear to faith, trusting that you can redeem this situation, that you can bring something good out of this that's even better than if it hadn't happened. Father, that you are able to work all things together for good for those who love you, for those who believe in you, for those who are walking in faith with you. So, Father, I pray a blessing over each one that's listening right now. 
Lord, that she would help us to hold up the shield of faith so that we can extinguish those flaming arrows. We trust you, Lord. Praise be to your name. Hallelujah.